the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. The NFL offseason is officially here. That means plenty of numbers and articles and projections and predictions and long-form pieces and podcasts, and that's what The Athletic brings you, of course. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track. Get 40% off that first year. Download the app, personalize it, make it yours. You will never look back. I promise. I promise. Theathletic.com slash spot track. As I said, the offseason is here, which means I have to talk quarterbacks. It's going to be an all quarterback day. <laughs> um, I'm going to stick with you on the top here and break down some of the more notable things. Look, you know, now that it's, you know, the Super Bowl is here and gone, you're going to start to see some legitimate reports coming from the NFL people from some of the close beat reporters to some of these teams. And they're not going to say it out loud, but if you read the tea leaves, you'll understand what's happening here. So I'm going to break down Kyler Murray, Kirk cousins, Carson Wentz, some of the more polarizing situations, Derek Carr off the top here with my thoughts, where this is headed, some of the numbers, yada, yada. Back end of the show, we'll have a little bit more fun. Danny Heifetz from The Ringer. I love this guy. I follow his work quite a bit. I help him out as much as possible. When asked, he's with The Ringer NFL show. He's with The Ringer NFL Draft Show, which is a brand new pod out there, keeping it light, but giving you some info on the upcoming NFL draft. He's a great writer. He's got a really creative piece about quarterbacks, <laughs> and he kind of created his own tiers, and it's not what you're thinking. It's not ABCD. It's not you know, uh, good versus bad. It is you know, certain players in their own relationships with their current teams, whether it's madly in love or time to break up or, you know, we regret this horribly. He's got a great piece. I'm going to tweet this piece. I'll put it along with this podcast. Uh, but please follow Danny on Twitter and at The Ringer as well. Super fun way to finish off the end of this pod here. All right, let's get going on these quarterbacks. Kyler Murray. Scrubbed his social media of all Arizona things, um, which he can take, you know, a lot of ways. I don't think this means he's going to play baseball for a lot of reasons. I don't think this is contractual. And I know that's where a lot of people first went. And I got a lot of questions on my feed, my timeline saying, hey, is this just, you know, they're off from 35 and he wants 45. It could be. And this is clearly the agent. Uh, doing some work here via Kyler Murray. That's generally how this works, right? Kyler Murray has requests, demands, and the agent sort of has to push forward with those because he is representing the player specifically. So this one's tougher to read. Uh, we're going to see some stuff come out. I would imagine from the networks that Kyler has been difficult because I've heard that internally, that there are there, there's not a great relationship right now in terms of maybe a long-term future between Arizona and Kyler Murray. And that could be coaching. That could be front office. I don't think we have that part of it figured out just yet. It could be a Kyler Murray problem. I don't know. I certainly don't know him individually, but from the things that I've heard from people that I trust, there's some sort of discourse, which leads me to believe it's not just contract. And they may have offered the 42, the $43 million contract. I don't know. Haven't seen that report out there yet, but if I had to put my thumb on it right now, I think there's a part of me saying he's trying to get the hell out of there via trade. It's not a bad time to do that. There's a lot of animosity out there with a lot of quarterback situations, as you've read probably elsewhere. Um, just throwing your name in the hat, maybe similar to what Russell Wilson did last year. Just let's just let's just taste it. 
let's just throw my name out there, taste it, see what, see what, uh, see what kind of menu we get back. And maybe if we like something we on the menu, we'll choose to go that with it. Uh, I could, I could see Kyler Murray saying to his agent, let's just see what's out there. You know, could you drop me into green Bay right now? Could you drop me onto Pittsburgh with that defense? Could you drop me into new Orleans with that defense? I, I, I could see it. And by the way, Arizona is the franchise that has done this before. Now they didn't, like their quarterback in Josh Rosen when they made that move and eventually drafted Kyler. I think they like Kyler Murray. I bet they don't love Kyler Murray and they probably don't love Cliff Kingsbury based on how the last couple of seasons have finished off. And that's probably fair, but I'm not sure it's time to give up on him. So I'm not, this one, if it's, if it's player demanding a trade, you know, A, you don't fix that with a contract extension. But I think I hold on to this one. So there, there, we could be in, in a bit of a, a standstill battle with these two sides if, if what I'm saying ends up being true. So we'll see where that goes. That's my take on that. Kyler Murray's a $43 million quarterback in our system. Uh, he plays like that for about 12 weeks. He has for the first three seasons. And, you know, he significantly has dropped off, as has the rest of the team in the, the final third of the season. So I could see them waiting on contract. And now maybe with this idea, notion being floated out there, I think there's troubled waters in Arizona in terms of this stuff. Moving on. Matt Ryan, I have no issues with. I believe he'll be the quarterback, even if he's moved to a backup role week 10 because somebody else is on the roster. I still think he's under contract, under this contract for one more year with Arizona or the Atlanta, excuse me. The Lamar Jackson stuff is great. And I'm going to leave this conversation for later with Danny Heifetz from The Ringer. I think he's got a great reason why there's not more Lamar Jackson discussion. So I'm going to, I'm going to tease that for later in the show. Um, but in terms of Buffalo, certainly Josh Allen's happy and the Bills are happy with having him. And I think having him under the contract that they do, it's pretty team friendly this next year. I think it's probably right to start considering uh, an extension for Mitchell Trubisky because. It's not just a one-man show anymore. There's too many injuries. There's too many. It's too long of a season. Only going to get longer. And having a viable, educated option to back up your star QB one is just good business at this point. You know, having three honestly is good business at this point. And many of the teams go with that three viable, experienced quarterbacks. So, um, my guess is that they're going to allow Trubisky to go and try to get a starting job somewhere, or at least a better opportunity at a starting job somewhere. But I, I wonder if right before, you know, or maybe one or two days into the league year, if Trubisky doesn't have the offer and the opportunity that he's seeking, that Buffalo doesn't say, look, let's lock you in for two years here and keep the caps kind of friendly for us. But we want to have you around as a blanket of security for our system. So that's one to watch for sure. Carolina, I have no clue. I'm not going to touch it. Chicago, I think is okay with the Justin Fields slash Nick Foles situation. Since he's good, they could use a backup. My guess is they bring it, bring back Brandon Allen on a minimum contract and go from there. I have no clue on Baker. We've had a couple of Browns people on the show. Uh, we've heard from Baker kind of negatively speak to the people that say he's not worth a contract extension right now. My guess is he follows the Sam Darnold path and plays out his fifth-year option. That's my guess, especially with the injury situation now. He's going to be fighting back for all offseason. Uh, you know the numbers we have, Matt, if you've seen the site or, t- or listened to me talking to this microphone before. It's about $35 million. I don't think he signs that contract. So <laughs> he should. I think he should because I'm not sure he's a $40 million quarterback in any capacity. 
I just don't think that's the career he's headed for. So why not be a Ryan Tannehill? Is that the worst thing in the world? I think he should sign it if they're offering it to him. But my guess is this one goes through 2022. Dallas is in good shape. Denver is in waiting in a complete holding pattern based on their trade situation and the Drew Locke situation. Uh, I believe Detroit will give one more year to Jared Goff on his current contract, which is friendly, fairly friendly. They can move some cap around if they need to, but they're in pretty good shape in that regard too. I do think it's a, that's the right move for Detroit. They have a lot of other miles to feed, shore up the offensive line, shore up the edge, the pass rush, shore up that secondary, get yourself ready to draft a quarterback in 2023 or be players in, on the trade market, if that's the case. Uh, Green Bay, look, you know, I did the piece with The Athletic that br- broke down the plan that was asked me to break down, which was, we want everybody to stay, make it work, make it work financially. That's the plan I gave The Athletic. It's not the plan I think is going to happen. I, I think the time there is done for both he and Devontae. So Denver's still a team for me. San Francisco could come in there. Uh, you know, I guess New Orleans could get frisky if they wanted to. But to me, that's Denver's situation to figure out. And if, as long as the right trade package comes back, I don't believe Aaron Rodgers will be back by March 17th. I think it'll be a quick Matthew Stafford-like trade. Bing, bang, boom. It's Jordan Love's team. Let's go. So that's my anticipation of where it's going. Now, contractually speaking, you're, you're, you're going to start hearing the contract that I put out there, which is two years, $92 million, fully guaranteed, tacked on to what currently exists. So like three for 120, three for like 130. You know, he's, gonna, he's never not maxed. So if, if it's going to be an extension in Green Bay or, or in Denver or wherever he ends up, expect it to be $46 million a year. Expect it to be $100 million plus fully guaranteed at signing. Just the... That's just the way this guy operates. So if he continues to play football, my belief is it won't be in Green Bay. And my belief is the contract extension will be top of the line across the board. So he's going to have to talk me off that wall whenever he does and makes his decisions on, the, on his end. Houston's whatever, Davis Mills, that's fine. I'm not going to speak to Deshaun Watson at this point. Let's talk Carson Wentz a little bit here. There's been some numbers floated around about his contract that... Um, you know, can have you thinking one way or another about where he may end up in terms of the Colts, which, I mean, made it, made it pretty clear as day a couple of weeks ago that they do not want him to be their quarterback. And a lot of people started to scream out loud, well, you know, the contract says he has to be, and, I, and it's just not the case. It's ugly, and here's the route they have to go. Currently, right now, as we stand here, $15 million of that base salary for 2022 is fully guaranteed. his, $15 million. Obviously, if they trade him, that would transfer to the new team, barring Indy not having to eat some of that in a signing bonus, which is very possible. So so you're talking Jared Goff type stuff there, right? Again, let's just flip him for one more year and and see what we have in him. I could see a Pittsburgh doing that. I could see a Tampa Bay doing that. There's teams out there that are are in a bit of a bridge mode that may just want to get through one more season. You know, for there's options. There's options to get rid of him via trade, in my opinion. They're not getting a first round pick for him, <laughs> but just getting out of that 15 million to be, would be worth whatever draft compensation he can get back. If they can't, and if they really don't want this guy to be their quarterback, you just eat the 15 million. You pay it, he walks away, and 
you're you're gone from there. That's dead cap and cash, fifteen million. And it's going to have to happen quickly because March eighteenth, another seven million of that fully locks in, twenty two million total base salary, and a five million dollar roster bonus is guaranteed. So you're talking an extra twelve million that locks in March eighteenth. So we're going to know very very quickly over the next month what the plan is for Carson Wentz. My guess is they find a trade partner because yes he is. He has his, you know, major limitations. But 80% of the time, this guy is at least a game manager. And he, he cleaned his act up under Frank Reich's system again, like we thought he would. You know, he wasn't slinging interceptions left and right consistently. Now, he had some timely ones, that's for damn sure. But I do think a team that's in a bit of a, a, bit of a gap, you know, I think Pittsburgh fits the bill there. Just needs to get through a year. That's not a damaging price tag for one year on a quarterback. It's not. There are cheaper options. There's cheaper ways to go. But if your team, for the most part, is prepared to win and you've got a chance in your division, you know, this guy at least can, can get you through the door. You know, he's not going to take you down the road too far, as we've seen too many times. But I think there's going to be a trade partner, is my, is my point. And it's going to happen before March 18th. That's the final point on Carson Wentz. Jacksonville's obviously good. Kansas City's good, although Chad Henney, the backup, 36 years old now, does need a new contract. So we'll Maybe a bit of a change in guard in terms of Patrick Mahomes' backup plan for the uh, next year or two. So something to keep an eye on there. Same goes for Justin Herbert. Chase Daniels expiring. He may want to explore different options with a better chance for him to get some snaps. Uh, You know, the football Hall of Fame, business Hall of Fame in terms of career earnings as a backup quarterback, Chase Daniel. Certainly not done, in my opinion. Go get yourself another one-year contract somewhere. Matthew Stafford is a very, you know, interesting scenario here. Because, you know, did exactly what was asked of him when they acquired him in the Rams. Took him right to the Super Bowl immediately. Very Tom Brady-esque. Brady took $25 million a year. I can't see that happening with Matthew Stafford, though he has made his money. And if he was ever going to start taking a little bit less for team purposes, this would be the time to start doing it. But he's a $42 million quarterback in our system. Um, he's had his inconsistencies, especially with Detroit, and some injuries. So... You know, he's not a max quarterback right now, but he certainly could be. He's done everything they've asked him to do. So he could walk up to that front office and less need and say, let's just do it. Four years at $46 million a year. Let's break, let's break this thing out. Use your void years. Do whatever you got to do cap-wise to keep yourself happy. But this is my number. This is my price. And I think I've, uh, I've earned that right after the first year here. So nobody's going to knock him if he does that. But, you know, it would be the time to say, let's take a tiny bit less make it really cap flexible, make it really work for the rest of the team. Let's bring back OBJ. Let's maybe bring back Vaughn Miller and see what else we can get out of this current roster for a couple more years in contention with them. Kirk Cousins, $35 million fully guaranteed this year, the final year of his contract. Is it tradable? Yes. Do they want to trade him? No. I don't, they don't have a better option. And offensively speaking, I think they were top 12 last year, according to a lot of metrics, especially DVOA. Defense was just garbage, as we kind of alluded to before. So, you know, I've got a bold prediction where this is a team that gets Xavier Howard and maybe an edge rusher and, and just kind of rounds back into form, especially in a division that may not have Aaron Rodgers in a couple of weeks. So my guess is they extend Kirk Cousins like they have already uh, in the past. It won't be fully guaranteed this time, I would think, but mostly guaranteed. You know, pack on three years, make two, two more void years, spread the cap out. 
just how big boys are doing it these days, he's going to get, you know, 38 to 40 million a year. It's just how it's going to operate. So I put him and Derek Carr in the exact same scenario. Both are entering expiring contracts. Now, Cousins is fully guaranteed. Derek Carr is not. He's 25 million, basically non guaranteed. They're both $40 million quarterbacks now. That's just how it works. Derek Carr reset the market at 25 million four years ago. Cousins reset the market as a fully guaranteed free agent contract and then back that up with a fully guaranteed extension on that contract. So the numbers are just too good. And I realize neither of them have wins, have legitimate wins under the belt. And that should matter more, but it won't. This position is too strong. And the only thing the agent has to say when they're sitting down in those team rooms is replace him. You know, if you, if you can't sign him to this contract, then go replace him. And when they look at the pool, when they realize Carson Wentz, right, Jimmy Garoppolo might be option, you know, plan B, C, and D, you're just going to sign Kirk Cousins. You're just going to sign Derek Carr. And you're going to make it work with a better roster around them. So that, that's my anticipation on both those scenarios. Outside of that, Daniel Jones has a waiting game. You know, Tannehill probably gets one more year, although they'll try to, they'll try to upgrade that. San Francisco is super interesting, obviously, with Garoppolo. You know, the, the Joe Montana news was hysterical in terms of him saying Garoppolo should stay and finish out his contract, but uh, that's just not the case based on what happened last year at the draft. So, you know, in terms of new quarterback contracts, that's it. You know, Seattle could do something with Russ. He's got two years left. The trade stuff probably comes back to the surface eventually here. Um, but he's been kind of radio silent. So until he says something or his agent says something, He's a trade candidate. He's an extension candidate. And he's a stay right there in that current contract candidate and run it back in 2022. So we'll see how that rolls out. But uh, look, six or seven legitimate extension candidates in the NFL right now at the quarterback position. Six or seven trade candidates. <laughs> so that makes for a hell of a fun start to this offseason, as has been the case over the past couple of years. We will uh, lighten the mood a little bit with this talk with Danny Heifetz next. All right, thrilled to have him back. He is Danny Heifetz. From the Ringer NFL and the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Danny, always a pleasure. I love the way you do your work. I love the effort you put into your work. The research is always phenomenal. And we're going to talk some quarterbacks today. And the piece you have posted recently is no escape from that. Welcome back. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Love your work. Let's talk some quarterbacks here because uh, I'm going to post this. Full disclosure, you're probably listening to this now. The Super Bowl is gone. The offseason is here. So we have to start with quarterbacks. And uh, I know that's probably what you were tasked to do in terms of a February piece on the NFL. And I, I like what you did here. You basically, you tiered it, but you know, not like Mike Sando tiers it or not like I tier it, which is contractually based kind of, kind of stuff. You went more of, I don't know, just like gut feelings, stability, you know, how, how the overall team outlook is. Um, kind of explain your thought process and how you put this thing together. Well, it's about relationships. I, so I basically do it like it's a dating column, to be honest with you. It's like, uh, I, I call it the commitment index, and it's like it's the spring, it's the offseason, but it's also like, you know, you're coming out of hibernation, you know, people, you know, you get in shape, you know, the summer's coming, like, you know, it's like people, like, and you just scale it from like, how committed are they, right? Like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, Josh Allen, the Bills, those are like the relationship goals. Those are the really happy, beautiful couples on Instagram that have like, you know, the beautiful dog and the great house. And why are they always on vacation? And like, damn, they look happy. And why aren't I like that? <laughs> and then there's like your other friends who are like, you know, the Jets who are like your crazy friend that always just has a guy around, but like, it's never, it's like, I think it's just them. Like, I think that maybe the Jets are the problem. And then just hearing them kind of like, 
basically how committed are you, right? And I think you got guys in the middle, like you got the Titans and the, the Falcons and the Vikings who have these veteran quarterbacks that are like somewhere in between, right? Like they're happy, but anyway, it's just basically just trying to look at it through the lens of it's real, like it's a relationship. Like finding a quarterback is a lot like finding the right guy. And it's, you know, it really is. And it's all, and until you have, like how happy can you really be until you find that right someone, you know? There's always something missing. Your family's asking about it, like, hey, hey, when, when are you going to get that quarterback? Why are you still single? So. That's what I like to do about it. <laughs> all right. I mean, I could go on all day with some of these, these headlines, the way you've tiered this, but I'm going to start with this one because I feel like it's a good starting point. You could do worse. Um, yeah. Boy, you could have put a bunch here. And yes. uh, I, I like that you didn't. I like that you, you really kind of went specific with some of the other options. But Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan. It, it, it feels like this could also be the, we'd love to trade you, but dot, 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 right? <laughs> Yeah. Well, they're all nice guys. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, they don't make you happy, but it's scary. Cause if you dump them, it's like, you know, you get the divorce and you're like, well, I don't even know if I'm going to find anyone better. It's like, we're stable right now. You know, you just kind of, you know, you're in your happy middle and maybe that's enough for us. But like, I think to your, I mean, you know more about the money than I do, but I think they're also in the same situation. Like those guys have contracts where yeah. it makes them to varying degrees difficult to move. And it's like, well, we're financially committed to these guys in the now term. And then maybe we can just build some medium term flexibility. And a year from now, we looked into, okay, maybe we want to move on. So, but, it, but, but it, they're all different. I think Kirk Cousins, I don't know about you. I think Kirk Cousins is probably the guy that might be most likely to go. I don't know though. Yeah. I, I say no to all three right now. Per- perfectly frank. It um, feels that way. Yeah. I'm, he's more likely to be extended than not, which would cause an uproar in Minnesota, but new regime, yeah, you never so. know what the new regime is going to do there. So I'm still laughing, exactly. even though I've read this piece three times, because obviously the transition from you could do worse is Derek Carr. You could do worse, plus he pays for everything. This That is so spot on good stuff, because <laughs> he's, he's, I, I like him a lot. But at the same time, I feel like I'm not allowed to like him because everybody around me is yelling at, about him. And I'm, I'm like, man, I, I'm, I'm Buffalo based. Danny. I've had some bad quarterbacks locally, like right down the road here. I would take Derek Carr in a heartbeat. Obviously not now. I'm in a better situation. but. I just feel like this guy is underrated still somehow. And yet I'm not sure he's going to be the starting quarterback of the Raiders this year. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's tough. I mean, you look, the Raiders had a crazy season, right? And I do think that Derek Carr held them together in a lot of ways. I know they threw a lot of credit for the interim coach, Rich Passaccia, but like, I mean, Derek Carr was really a glue for that team. Yeah. And I think he's divisive even among Raiders fans, if we're being honest. I think a lot of Raiders fans defend him and feel that he's, unfairly underrated. I think a lot of Raiders fans don't care for him, which I think is kind of an interesting divide. So I, I think that he's the epitome of this whole exercise, though, of like, he's, you could do better, obviously. You could definitely do worse, and it's easy to, like, take for granted what he brings you. But the reality is he's making, what, $25 million this year? Yeah. End of the contract. It's like, that's the cheapest veteran quarterback salary there is. I mean, I remember, ironically, I think when he signed that, it was like he was the highest paid quarterback in the NFL by average annual value, yeah, that's and right. now it's the last year of the deal, and he's basically the cheapest one left, which kind of explains the whole NFL salary structure in a nutshell, kind of. Yeah, totally. And, you know, we project him to be a $40 million quarterback now, and I'm getting yelled at left and right, which I get because, you know, he's just not, not the kind of person you fall in love with immediately, I guess. But, all right, that's enough him. I'm going to go back to the top of your piece here, the, the uh, you know, the, the relationship goals, the people that you feel like it, everything's perfect. If you're rooting for that team, you're super happy with your quarterback situation. I'm going to push back on one thing for you and it's contractually based. So it's relevant to where, you know, where my mindset is. I agree with Stafford. I agree with Herbert. I agree with Burrow. I agree with Josh Allen comfort. There's a comfort level. I'm not even really worried about the contract. I don't think the Stafford contract that comes 
in the next couple of months is going to be super, super damaging to that Rams front office. So I'm super happy with those four options. I, I have a bit of a gripe with the Mahomes one. I think the Mahomes situation needs to be in its own tier, Danny, because yes, you're, there's, there's love, love there. I mean, the Kansas City people just adore the situation, obviously, and he's fun as hell to watch. He's must-see TV. But contractually speaking, like, he's undivorceable. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you're right about like, that. It's That's almost right. like scary. Like, like I have to love you so much that there's really no other choice. Like, I can't even get out of this thing if I want to. So it's kind of scary. That's teetering on borderline crazy in like six years. If he still wants to be on the same contract, then we're like, we're good. We're, we want to move on somewhere else. And we're sitting here with 120 million at dead cap. So that one kind of scares so me. Right That's almost like that. over got- the top love. No, they bought the house together. They merged the bank accounts. It's like they got everything. It's like untying this. Like they don't even know if it's like physically possible. It couldn't even be done. I think that's a really good point. He does, he does deserve to be in a different deal. That's correct. All right. I like it. I like it. I win this one. Put a ring on it. You love Lamar Jackson, huh? I do. I think he's Or does that mean he has to win before you pay him? No, I think the Ravens are going to have to do it. I think the Ravens are going to do it. I think they're going to give him a contract. What, what I liked about that one, so for those people who don't know, it's the ringer.com. It's a, you use Google the quarterback commitment index, yeah, please. the ringer. And what I wrote, what I, which I enjoyed actually, is probably my favorite one is that because it's grounded in reality is that it's a weird negotiation because Lamar Jackson is negotiating. He doesn't have an agent. His mother is his manager. His mom is his agent. So his mom is negotiating with the team, which is pretty delicate, right? Because obviously a negotiation, it's like, you know, you're not, they're not talking about how great he is, right? It's all going about, you know, the negative space, the things that aren't done, the things that, you know, so it's awkward. And it's kind of reminded me of like, you know, when you know, what's the negotiation, right? Like they're proposing or whatever, or getting married, whatever you want to think of it. And it's like, whenever the mother-in-law gets involved and you're talking about money and then it's like, you know, that's always like the not so messy part of you know, the kind of messy part of the, the whole wedding thing. Right. So it's like, but it is weird, right? Like it, it's easy to gloss over, but like, like for all the stuff, I think the Brown situation with Baker is pretty fascinating and everything we got to do there. But the, Lamar's mom negotiating, I mean, we're talking about pretty conservatively, like a hundred million dollar contract. Like, that's that's a it's a, it's 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 a unique situation. Totally, yeah. And I'm not sure where it goes because honestly, what the Ravens are saying about it, what he's been saying about it publicly, it, it doesn't even sound like they're in the same you know stratosphere in terms of this thing. And I'm not, I'm not even talking numbers. I'm talking should they even do this thing yet? So I agree that the lack of the agent is is changing the way that we're talking about it because. Generally, there's an agent going out there, kind of pushing narratives, and that's not happening right now. So we don't really. So, know Mike, what would to you think about would it. you let your mom negotiate your contract? I think I have to say yes because she listens, right? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I think she. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have I, I, an I, understanding, I, obviously. Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, but but extrapolate on that for me. Where what is what is the Jimmy Garoppolo? You know, in next year's tiers for you here. <laughs> I don't know, right? It's actually it's actually crazy. What I had there is just like, eh, you know, it's like we're with Jimmy now, and later we'll be Trey, and it's like, you know, it's like, you know, there's like an open thing, but like, you know, eventually everything's gonna be on the same page. Like, yeah, I don't know. But like, actually, Kevin Clark, who I work with at The Ringer, actually just had Joe Montana on slow on his uh, YouTube show, and Joe Montana actually just said that he feels that Joe Montana has one. He personally doesn't feel Trey Lance is ready, but Joe Montana also talks to players in the team. And, the players don't think that Trey Lance is ready. And Joe Montana said they should probably bring Jimmy back to get someone better, which is a pretty harsh critique, right? That's, I mean, that's, that's Joe Montana. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna make the rounds. I love that slow news day, by the way. Good stuff. 
Um, <laughs> totally good. Not ready to be exclusive. This one we have to talk about a little bit because obviously the, the names make sense. It's Tua and Jalen Hurts. And the, and the latter, look, Philly's got assets. Philly's got cap room. Philly's got you know a roster that's ready to be rebuilt, but also some weapons who can win on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, I, I know you're kind of connected and dialed in over there, sitting on Radio Row right now as we speak. There's got to be thoughts about bringing in a stud vet quarterback to that roster, right? Well, I think. Am I allowed to curse on this podcast? Yeah, man, do it. Your mom, your mom listens, though. Yeah, she okay, okay with this? She, she, she okay. doesn't have to like you. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> 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 right, well, listen to me. I, I apologize in, in advance. The Eagles and the Dolphins are both fuck boys. They yeah. just are. It's like they're. Like, here's the thing. They're not only not committing to you, they're open about it. And the Eagles are more openly like, you know, I'm not trying to be in a relationship right now. Like, Jalen Hurts knows that part, right? Because you go there, and then, you know, they're with Carson Wentz, and they have you, and then they end up with you. And it's like, you can't be surprised they're not committed to you either. Like, that's you've gotten this. The Dolphins are different because, like, the Dolphins are saying, like, no, 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 two is your guy, two is your guy. And then all your friends are saying, they were talking to this other person, and they're interested in them. And then, and it's like, everything about the Dolphins is just like, Maybe they're not that happy with Tua. Maybe they do want something better. And like you know, it's impossible to read stuff with the Dolphins right now. But like, I think that it's. I think that they want the Tua thing to work, and they want to force it. But they also are really just desperate to have someone. That's really the driving force. So Stephen Ross, the Dolphins owner, is is just absolutely desperate. You gotta remember the Dolphins are the only team in the NFL that have not had a Pro Bowl quarterback in the 21st century. <laughs> Dan Marino had a Pro Bowl in 1995. And so you talk about owning a team in Miami. Like, think about just, forget the football of it, the business of it. Now I have a quarterback for that long. In a city like Miami, a lot of transplants, right? Like, how, like especially accelerated by the pandemic. You have a lot of people from a lot of different places. You got the Caribbean, you got South America, you got Central America, not to mention all these people from, you know, New York, Massachusetts, all over the country who moved to Miami. To like, I don't know, get it on crypto or because it was better weather and all these people who left San Francisco because it's been, you have a lot of transplants. It's like joined like, um, or, you know, some of these other cities. It's like, there's not a huge thing. So you get there and it's like, who's the quarterback? Tua? Is Tua actually bringing fans there? Are people going to Dolphins games? Like, you need someone to like capture it because the Miami Heat with Wayne Wade and then obviously LeBron took the sex appeal. The Dolphins have no, there's nothing sexy about the Miami Dolphins. So I think that's really the, thing dry eating at them is you know you can't be in miami and out of a star no it's a mess it has been a mess the coaching stuff's a mess they kept the gm which i didn't agree with there's just a lot of bad right now in that organization i think philly's ready for bigger for bigger fish though i think that team could push forward with some some serious draft capital right now talk to me about the saints i'm not going to break bury the lead with your your description about this Saints situation because it's absolutely hysterical (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to force my listeners to go and read this piece because it's freaking hysterical. Um, but you know, obviously the Taysom Hill situation is a mess. They're going to do something there, right? He cannot be the week one starter. I literally just walked by Sean Payton. I, actually, my bad. I, I literally just now. So it's funny. That's, no, no, you're good. That's funny. I wish I could, I wish I could ask him anything. Basically I think the Taysom Hill thing, it's like a, like the blind date from hell, right? It's like you, like, you know, Sean Payton leaves, you know, I think Dennis Allen, the defense supporter is going to be the head coach. And He's like, all right, he's quarterback. And you go on this blind date, you're like, oh, we set him up. And it's like, oh, you, do you play quarterback? He's like, oh, special teams. And you're like, oh, like, and you look it up and you're like, I think he was a tight end two years ago. And you're like, this is a quarterback. And you're like, he's 31, 32, whatever, like the biological clock. It's like dick and like this. And, and you're like, okay, I got to get out of this date. Maybe you have a friend text you. I'm like, oh my God, sorry. Give me a call. It's my friend. It's an emergency. I got to go. 
And then you're like, oh shit, is that what Sean Payton just did? Like, did Sean Payton just like totally. get bail on the day? Anyway, I, I, I think that with this team, I think that I'm, I don't want to be cautiously optimistic. I think Dennis Allen, he's the 12 years, I think he's been, you know, so I think I'm always a fan of that kind of organizational stability when it's like success to getting the next level of success. I think that's fantastic. So I'm not going to be too Debbie Downer, but there's no plan. No, there is no plan. And they're, they're too like, good the to reality. tank. You know, I there's think- no plan. Like, let's be real. Sean Payton had the vision for Jason Hill. And he's over there. I'm looking at him. But it's like, yeah, that's the guy who had the vision. And without him, I, I don't think that there's any kind of vision whatsoever. <laughs> All right. Good. I like it. Leave it there. I love that you're looking right at him right now, judging him, yeah. watching him. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I talked so tough if I was looking that's at right. him. Yeah. He actually could hear yeah. Me. You I'm walked right by you. That's right. Didn't even yeah, mention Yeah. Like, oh, Mr. Payton. Yeah. No, I don't think I'd put it so bluntly. <laughs> Uh, I Thank can you fi- for having me. <laughs> last one. I can fix him. Oh, Carson Wentz. Last one, man. Oh, Got to talk yeah. Carson Wentz. Is this guy the quarterback, quarterback for the Colts in 2022? I Begrudgingly. Because fr- they know their options. Yeah. Man. Look, I, look, this is the absolute. This is one of the ones where if they can find someone better, they would love to. Okay. But they got, they, they got themselves into this. Now they're going to get themselves out. Like it's like the. I mean, it literally is like of all the relationship comps that I have, I think this is actually the most accurate, which is, like, as you said, like we can fix him. And it's like Frank Reich is the Colts head coach. And like, you know, obviously he was the Eagles offensive coordinator when Wentz was MVP caliber. And then the Colts were like, oh, well, I can do this. And he can't. And honestly, in a strange way, can I give you a hot take? Hit me. Jonathan Taylor having such a good season kind of hurt the franchise a little bit because – Wentz was so not able to run their offense in the first uh, six, uh, six-ish weeks of the season. I forget when Jonathan Taylor just went off, but like everyone wanted to run the ball, and they're like, no, and then they had to they start running the ball, and it worked, and they almost made the playoffs doing it. They should have made the playoffs doing it to the point that it actually hid how bad Carson Wentz was. I think they – did they beat the Patriots? I think they had like 60 passing yards or something. It's not nuts. Point being, he actually was kind of worse that he seemed, and I think he led the league in picks. I could be wrong. And he was actually kind of worse than that. Something about him is broken. I, I, I hope, you know, everything works out with his career. I don't like hate Carson Wentz, but like, I think that in a strange way, the Colts know internally that this is just not a Super Bowl level team with him at the quarterback position unless something changes with him. But what are their options? They gave up the first round pick to get him. I mean, can you imagine a more embarrassing thing than giving up a first to another team to take a guy and that team makes the playoffs and you don't? It's crazy. It, it, the story's crazy, and it's not going away. You're, you're right. The, w- the way you frame it here is correct. They're, they've got to live with it for one more year, and maybe he can do some of the same stuff and get them close to the playoffs, but that's probably not going to happen well, this time around. What we're talking about, relation, but like to zoom out here for a second, this is all in the shadow of the Andrew Luck stuff. I think Frank Reich is one of the four or five best coaches in the entire NFL. The difference is, what, I mean, look, Andrew Luck, the, the dream guy, right? He's the perfect guy. He's the one that got away, and he retires into the sunset. And this team is still picking up the pieces. They had the Jacoby Brissett season. They had the Philip Rivers stuff. Now they have Wentz. And it's like, they, this roster is great. This roster with, I really believe, 10 other quarterbacks really maybe could win the Super Bowl. And that sounds like a lot, but I, I, we could name them if you want. Like, they really could. And they just can't get one of them. And it's, it's all in the shadow umbrella of the Andrew Luck League. You know, it's funny. I'm, I'll finish on this with you. I, I did some, some stupid numbers this morning talking about like quarterback cap hits and stuff like that, just to kind of see where things stand. And I came across that 2020 Colts season, Danny, when 
Luck was still dead cap from the retirement. They had extended Jacoby Brissett like six months earlier for whatever reason. They had oh signed yeah. Brian Hoyer to give oh. him a chance to compete. And then they brought in Phillip Rivers on top of that at the last second when he became available. They had $56.5 million of cap into quarterbacks in 2020. It's, it's $10 it's million more than any team in the history of football. They, 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 didn't, they were spinning their wheels then, and they're still Wait, spinning their wheels What did you say? Now. What in the history of football? That, that's the most uh, cap uh, allocated to a quarterback position in a single season in the history of football. The 2020 Colts? They, they had six guys. On, not under contract, just oh, under cap. My, I did not know that. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I, I just ran it because honestly, guess who's second? Guess who's second? These Rams because of Stafford, yep. because of golf, yep. because of wow, two other players. Yeah. So that, that's wow. where we are now. Teams are so desperate just to figure it out immediately that they're throwing baloney at the wall. I mean, we're just in that mode now. So the Colts are still spinning for one more year here. They're not going to be able to figure it yeah, out. That's, that's, I think that this Colts team, you might look back and just think of it as, you know what, this team is really great, and they're going to be completely forgotten. But, like, yeah. they, just, they just, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's brutal. It's a brutal situation to inherit. You're the best, man. Thanks for keeping it fun. Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate it. And, yeah, shout out. The Ringer NFL Draft Show, which is launched with me, it's Ben Solek, it's Danny Kelly, our producer, Craig Horlbeck. It is fantastic. I promise you we have – two of the smartest people you'll ever hear talk about the draft and we do our absolute best to make it entertaining and it's not like other draft shows it is a fun time we're a good hang but also you'll actually learn something but that's not the main point no, it's fun it's please check us out spotify wherever you get it ring nfl draft show enjoy the super bowl man thank you awesome thank you all right my thanks to danny he is danny underscore high fits on twitter he's at ringer he's the ringer nfl show the ring nfl draft show you can find him everywhere does great work does great long piece which, man, those are dying arts these days. But he's, uh, he keeps it light, keeps it fun. Super good listen, super good read. Make sure to check him out on all the socials, please. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track. Get yourself 40% off that first year as well. Speaking of good writing, for Scott Allen, let's have a great NFL offseason, everybody. My name is Mike Chinetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Track Podcast. <laughs>